Hello everyone! Welcome back to Capes and Shapes, hosted by your friends Olivia, Briar, and Baby Yoda. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta buy yourself a little treat at the store to get yourself through the day. Yeah. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a little Grogu plush. Yeah, just a little guy. And then you just hug him during podcast recording because your knee hurts and you're tired. Yes, so if you want some some supplemental material for this episode, just imagine that when Briar is talking, they're also holding a Grogu. Um, so... We gotta go back to Marvel. We talked about a whole bunch of DC characters, and now we've evened the scales back out. So, it's time to return. Um, and we are going, uh, to talk about Man-Thing. Or the Man-Thing. Um, as, half uh... Half-Man, half-Thing. Half-Man and half-Thing. As, and it, uh, it, As opposed to the Thing, which is 100% Thing. All thing, baby. Um, yes, man thing suggested by friend patron of the show, Sam. Uh, sometimes it takes us a while to do Patreon suggestions, and sometimes <laughs> we just do them as soon as we get them because I didn't have anyone else in mind, and I was like, what's a man thing? <laughs> that sounds good. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do man thing. Um, I believe, um, the only uh character we've done on the podcast to date uh to have a mountain goat song written about them <laughs> um i i mean it sounds wild that i'm like there could be more than one mountain goat song written about a comic book character but there's like 400 of the goddamn songs and john darniel does love weird comic books. So it's not impossible that there has been another character with a Mountain Goat song written about them, but as far as I know, this is the only one. Um fun Mountain Goats fact. Uh <laughs> they have four hundred and sixty nine songs on nice. Spotify alone. It's that's I, so many. I know there's more than that that are just out there. <laughs> Yeah, in the ether somewhere. Yeah. You gotta find them. Um, holy shit. Um, yeah, it was very fun. I was on, like, the Wikipedia in the, like, whatever, related media section, um, and I glanced, like, over really quickly, and I, it was like, uh, Man-Thing is the focus of song for ted salas and i was like oh that sounds like a mountain goats song title and then i was like oh it is it is one <laughs> wow that's because it is what a mountain goat sounding title wait a second <laughs> um but uh yes as as we go on mountain goats fans will probably be like oh this seems like the kind of guy the mountain goats would write a song about um, Man-Thing, originally, uh, I don't want to say real name, because it kind of stops being his identity, but, uh, given name of, uh, Ted Salas, uh, not to be confused with, as mentioned, The Thing, or, uh, Man-Beast, or Man-Bat, or 
swamp thing, um, which he is probably most likely to be confused with because uh, at first glance, and maybe even at second glance, the characters seem very, very similar. Um, but Man-Thing does work differently. <laughs> um, Swamp Thing also, I think, is, like, somewhat more popular. Like, obviously still not, like, a, you know, A-list, super well-known character, but has, like, a pretty sizable cult following. And I think Man-Thing is, like, a little bit less well-known. Um, I also don't know, some of, uh, some of what I was reading used... I don't, I don't think most writers honestly care about this. Some of what I was reading used he, him for man thing, and some of it used, like, it pronouns. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what sticks. Um. We love a he, it king. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go off, man thing. Um, so, uh. My pronouns are man slash thing. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, <laughs> yeah, so episode canceled. Um, <laughs> so Man-Thing uh, was created in 1971, which is actually uh, the same year that Swamp Thing debuted. Um, and, I mean, if either of them are based on anything they're really rather than being based on each other they're both probably somewhat inspired by like a golden age marvel character called the heap um okay was i actually really dig that (laughs) yeah it was a a a big a big swamp monster it was a big old heap heap of stuff heap of swamp stuff so uh Man thing was initially, uh, if, you know, if, if everyone involved is to be believed, was pitched, uh, by Stan Lee, um, to Roy Thomas because, uh, like Stan Lee was like, I think we should do a guy who's like, uh, a swamp man. He, uh, gets, you know, he's got, like, some kind of experimental, like, drug, and then he goes into the swamp, and then it fuses with the swamp, and he becomes a swamp man. And I think we should call him Man-Thing. And apparently Roy Thomas was like, we already have the thing. And Stanley was like, no, but this is Man-Thing. It's like, okay. Um, so, uh, Stanley pitches the idea, Roy Thomas kind of you know, outlines a plot, um, and then Jerry Conway, um, writes the first story, um, which appears in Savage Tales, um, which was, like, you know, a, uh, an anthology comic at Marvel that I think was mostly, uh, some, like, horror stuff, some kind of, like, fantasy stuff, um, that, uh, I believe, like, they published the first issue and then didn't publish anything else for a while, and then it, like, came back in the mid-70s. Um, 
partially due to, you know, comics code issues with there being, uh, it was like non-code approved, so there was some, you know, controversy over that. Um, so they, Jerry Conway writes the first issue and Gray Morrow draws it, and then Len Wine scripts a second issue, which doesn't get printed, um, for a long time after that. And then in the meantime, Len Wein is working on the Swamp Thing. And also he's, I think, roommates with Jerry Conway. Um, so they like, apparently there was some, according to Roy Thomas, there was some talk about if they should sue, like, DC or sue Len for, like, stealing the, the, Swamp Thing concept, but, uh, ultimately it doesn't really go anywhere, and, like, also the two characters end up functioning differently, um, so it doesn't super matter, and, again, neither of them invented the concept of a Swamp Man, um, (laughs) so, you know, you know, the long and storied history of Swamp Men. Um, so... The, uh, the story of the man thing is that he is a biochemist, um, named Ted Salas. Um, he has a doctorate in, uh, biochemistry, um, and while he was, like, maybe, like, completing his PhD, he had this kind of, like, pet project that was a, uh, a serum that could make you immune to, like, toxic substances, um, which was, like, I think he was, like, commissioned by the army to, you know, for, like, a thing that could, like, protect soldiers from, you know, like, chemical warfare and, like, bioweapons and stuff like that. Um, so he uh develops the serum and it does <laughs> it effectively protects you from toxic substances but it also uh turns you into a, a mutated creature so not ideal um i mean unless you like want that um you know some people might um he also has a um history with uh Kurt Connors the lizard before he became the lizard the two of them like uh met at some point and like started like exchanging they were in you know similar fields and they started like exchanging ideas and like uh Ted was talking about his serum and like uh Connors was talking about his experiments um and like <laughs> Possibly Ted had, like, some, like, unintentionally encouraged him to turn himself into a big lizard. Um, there's like, that's not what I meant. I I really didn't mean that at all. Um, he also, there's a, a weird number of, like, characters from other things who, like, showed up in Man-Thing or have a connection to Man-Thing. Um... He, um, also, while he's, you know, working on his research, he 
meets and falls in love with a woman named uh Ellen Brandt. Um and the two of them end up eloping. Um in in like in I think the initial man thing issue, Ellen is just his girlfriend, and then later they uh retcon it that she's his wife. Uh so the two of them get married. Um Ted gets uh recruited to a uh research program in the Everglades called Project Gladiator, uh, that is, surprise, surprise, trying to recreate Captain America Super Soldier Serum. Um, surprise! The thing surprise. that everybody's trying to recreate all the time. Everybody is trying to recreate this. Here, two things that are most baffling to me on this earth. It always goes bad, every time. It never works. Nobody has, like, recreated this successfully without some sort of massive, horrible side effect. And also, like, Captain like Captain America's, like, pretty strong, but, like, he's not the strongest guy in the MCU. Like, why aren't more people trying to recreate, like, you know, how, like, Carol Danvers got her powers or something? I mean, I don't know, in the 70s. Uh, like, why aren't more people trying to, like, build Iron Man suits or whatever? Why does everyone want to make this stuff? Um, I guess it's probably, like, a like somebody could, you know, hack an Iron Man suit or, like, steal it. It's mm-hmm. hard to steal a power from within you, but that doesn't, you know, answer for, answer for like, why can't we just recreate Carol Danvers? Oh, maybe it feels more dangerous. Maybe they just really want to put something in a test tube. Yeah, they love test tubes, these guys. Um, so he gets recruited. He starts kind of, uh, working, um, you know, like, using his research for his original serum that he was working on to see how he can, you know, develop a super soldier serum. Um, another interesting thing. One of his, uh, fellow researchers on this project is, um, Bobby Morse, Mockingbird, but, like, before she was Mockingbird, and this is, like, her, like, first appearance is as this, like, supporting character in Man-Thing, um... (laughs) I like how she's a supporting character in Man-Thing, and then somebody was like, But what if? Hey, she seems cool. What if she got to do her own thing and then marry the most disaster man in comics? Yeah, I just think that would be fun. Um, yes, so he joins this project along with, uh, uh, Bobby Morse and also a researcher named Paul Allen, (laughs) like, which I don't know if it- When was American Psycho published? Um... I don't think that could be an American Psycho reference. I think American Psycho came out after that. Yeah, it had to have been, obviously. It takes place in the 80s. Anyway, so it's not an American Psycho reference at all, but it is funny. Um, so, uh, while they're working on this, uh, project, Ted is getting, like, more and more, uh, obsessed with his work. Um, he is neglecting his relationship with his wife. 
um, she's starting to get like very bitter about it. And then she gets approached by uh, AIM, the advanced idea mechanics, um, who are trying to get their hands on this, you know, uh, Project Gladiator research. And they approach her to basically betray her husband, and she says yes. So, uh, he ends up, uh, he, like, lets her into the, uh, you know, the research lab after hours, and then she basically leads him into, uh, an ambush by two, like, people from AIM who are trying to, uh, steal his research. So he, uh, takes the only sample that he has, um, and he, uh, runs away, um, he gets in his car, uh, and drives into the swamp, um, I think, I think he injects himself with the serum, either, um, to, like, prevent anyone from getting it, or to, you know, maybe, like, hopefully make himself stronger, um, but he, uh, injects himself with the serum. He crashes his car into the swamp. And then, in some way, fuses with the essence of the swamp to become a swamp man. Um, and there have been kind of, like, several iterations on how this happened. Um, because I think in the initial version of the story, it's just like, science, you know, it's just comic book science, um, where it's, you know, like, oh, because the serum was in his body when he crashed, it, like, you know, took over and combined with, like, the, uh, life that was in the swamp, um, and then... I do love a comic's hand wave science. (laughs) Yeah, you know, um... Science. Yeah. A, um, later version, I think when, uh, uh, I forget who, who was, uh, writing it. Maybe, uh, Steve Gerber. Uh, later versions, like, give this a, uh, mystical element. Like, there was some magical energy in the swamp, uh, <laughs> that caused him Love- to become a big swamp monster. I love crashing into a magic swamp and becoming a man thing. Yeah, you know, it's, it happens, happens to the best of us. Um, they, later on, um, I, I, yeah, I think, I think this is a, this is a, a Steve Gerber. Steve Gerber kind of became, like, one of the, sort of like Alan Moore was with Swamp Thing, like, kind of, like, redefined a lot of the character in, like, a, a, notable way, um, establishes, I think, that within the swamp is a nexus of all realities. Um, it might be the nexus of all realities at first, but there are, at this point, multiple nexuses of all realities. Um, so it is, for some reason, in this swamp, um, there is a point where energies from multiple different realities converge and by crashing into the swamp at that point 
It made him into a swamp man and also made him like the guardian of the Nexus and his job is to protect it. Um, That's some fae shit. It is kind of some fae shit. Like, um, comics are just like, what if we just like did ley lines and like... <laughs> yeah, what if what if you turned into a swamp man because of ley lines? Think about it. Um, pretty recently, um, Steve Orlando wrote kind of a, a man thing miniseries, um, where it was like, it was like a, a weird kind of, like, it wasn't like a miniseries miniseries, but it was like a collection of like issues of like, like Avengers colon Curse of the Man thing and like X-Men Curse of the Man thing, but it was all one ongoing story. But in the X-Men one, um, he retcons in that actually, um, the reason that this happened is because, um, Ted Salas made a deal with a demon in order for his, uh, serum to work. And because there was, like, a demon deal on his soul... That's why when he crashed his car in the swamp, it magic made him into a swamp man. I honestly expected uh, the retcon, because you're like, in the X-Men one, I'm like, oh, damn, they made him into a mutant, and then, like, him crashing his car activated his mutant powers. But no. No. <laughs> no, that's, that's that not it. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, that that makes, like, sense as a recon, as a retcon for an X-Men issue. And then, nope, swerve. No. The the reason it's in the X-Men one is because it turns out that the demon he made the deal with was, uh, Belasco, um, who Ileana has history with. So it's, it's, from what I could gather, it's mostly about, it's mostly... Ileana colon curse of the man thing because she's trying to help him figure this out um but some other x-men are also there um but I I, don't know, I I would have to I would have to read the issue to see how this comes across because like on on the one hand like I get it from a point of view of like wanting a character to have like more of an active involvement in their own backstory and not just be like something whack happened to them completely by coincidence that this happened to be like a magic swamp and now I mean they're look, a man thing. Sometimes whack shit just happens. Sometimes whack shit does happen. Like it doesn't have also- to be your fault all the time, comics. It doesn't have yeah. to be like a monkey's paw thing. Sometimes things just happen and you have yeah. to deal with it and they don't make sense. <laughs> you need to lean into that more comics. It might yeah. it might be healing for some people. Um honestly. Uh cuz yeah, it it feels a little weird to me when it's like I don't like I guess there's been like demon influence just in the sense of like there's been a lot of magic stuff in like a lot of man thing story, which is another thing that kind of overlaps with swamp thing is like magic stuff. Um and that usually, like, intersects with demon stuff. So it's like, I I guess it's not totally out of nowhere to have a demon situation. Um, 
But also, a deal with a demon is a pretty big element to introduce into your story. Anyways, if anyone's read this or has, like, more opinions on Man-Thing's backstory, please, um, please let me know. Um, so, what happens when he becomes the Man-Thing? Well, uh... Most, most significantly, and this is probably where, you know, the, the Swamp Thing comparison, uh, diverges. Um, he loses all of his memories. He loses all of his sense of identity. He no longer has, like, human-level intelligence. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't communicate with language. Um, he has, like, so, I, I think also, like, some writers have, like, differed on, like, how much, uh, he's, you know, just functioning on, like, pure, like, feral, like, instinct versus, like, you know, sometimes there is, like, stuff that he understands. Like, I think there's, uh, I saw it reference, like, one story where he, like, finds a baby and, like, brings it to a doctor. So it's like, okay, well, clearly he must, you know, understand what a baby is and what a doctor is. So I think that that's kind of maybe, like, a writer-by-writer writer basis. Um, but, like, Ted Salas is gone. And, like, you know, higher-level sort of, like, sapient reasoning is is gone you know higher level whatever that means um yeah so so with swamp thing like even though they do that whole thing where it's like oh you're like actually you did die in the swamp and now you're just you know you like reconstructed your like memories and, and personality but you're not the same guy but like swamp thing is still like a a, a person that you can, like, have a conversation with. Um, Man-Thing is, uh, largely kind of, like, much more horror monster. Um, as indicated by the fact that his design is also, like, scarier than Swamp Things. Um, they both, I mean, they're both similar in that they both look like big, huge, humanoid figures made out of plants and mud and 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 moss and stuff but like man thing has usually like these kind of like weird like cthulhu kind of like viney like face tentacles he usually has more like kind of claws um a little bit scarier a little bit more uh monstrous um so he's Made out of plants. Entirely out of, of plants. There's no kind of, like, inner... Like, it's there's not a person in a plant body. It's just all plants. So, uh, he can sustain, like, a huge amount of damage and just basically regrow himself. Um, he can, uh, like, sort of melt himself down um, into just, like, swamp ooze to, like, you know, go under doors or, like, through, like, little, like, openings. Um, he, uh, is, you know, he's big, he's, he's strong, he's, uh, presumably, uh, 
it's unclear if he like ages or anything. Um also the the most uh distinctive power that he has is uh the original uh tagline for like the Man Thing comics was I think uh it's how does it go? It's whatever knows fear burns at the man thing's touch. Um which Interesting. is not a metaphor. Um he has the ability to uh he's an empath. <laughs> <laughs> um he can like sense people's emotions um and like positive emotions are generally kind of like uh you know soothing to him or he's drawn to them and uh negative emotions make him uh very 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 upset um and his uh his body secretes this incredibly powerful acid that basically can disintegrate people. Ah. Um, so, literally, so, and, like, he ends up using it, so in, like, the early stories, a lot of it was him kind of, uh, going around and, like, encountering various situations because he could kind of, like, sense the emotions there, and then, uh, destroying inevitably the person who was, uh, evil in the scenario, even though, reasonably, most people would feel fear if they saw the man thing. <laughs> he's also, like, he, like, even within, like, Marvel, he's, like, kind of I think probably not at this point anymore, but like for a while he was textually like a cryptid, like people didn't know like if he really existed or not. Um, and he had a lot of these kind of just like, you know, like small, like very like kind of like civilian level encounters where he would like, uh, you know, find like, uh, a, a husband abusing his wife, and then he'd go like, then he'd disintegrate the husband with his powerful acid that melts you when it touches you. Um, or I think he killed a racist cop at one point, or like, I, I mean, it was mostly like, it was like, abusers, racists, uh, evil CEOs, it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop him. <laughs> um, it's, it's all, I mean, I will say also, um, as a neurodivergent person, sometimes when somebody is emitting extremely bad, bad vibes, it does feel like my body is emitting a powerful acid to disintegrate them with. Like, I do get it. I do understand. Um, so, yeah, his, his, Early, uh, kind of adventures sort of focus on, uh, you know, this swamp, which I think is, like, uh, Citrusville is the name of, like, the, the nearby town. Um, Steve, uh, Gerber starts writing it and, uh, you know, introduces a lot of these kind of, uh, mystical elements. I think he's the one who, um, 
includes uh, Jennifer. K- oh, Jennifer Kale was also uh, created for this. Uh, Jennifer Kale is a um, magic using woman. Um, she comes from like a family of of sorcerers, and she like uh, she lives in Citrusville and like encounters uh, the man thing and kind of uh, you know helps him and like the two of them end up you know encountering some various magical forces together. So uh, he. Has this team up with Jennifer Kale? Um, weird, uh, another weird man thing, thing, um, is that, uh, so Steve Gerber, in his, uh, final issue, um, of, at, at first it was, uh, Adventure Into Fear, and then he got a solo series, um, but on, uh, Steve Gerber's last issue of the solo series, um, he wrote himself in to the comic as, as himself, the writer of Man-Thing, addressing the audience and saying that, um, actually he didn't make up these stories, uh, these all happened and he's just telling people, uh, you know, what they were and, uh, but now he's done. Um, and I then- I do kind of love uh, that. <laughs> Yeah, um, not too long after that, in his next solo series, um, Chris Claremont, uh, extremely well known for his work on (laughs) X-Men, writes himself into the thing. It was like, actually, these are all lies. (laughs) Actually? No, I'm making them up. No, Chris (laughs) Claremont does write himself into the comic book in the last issue. Um, it gets, uh... I think, I think it got canceled. Um, but Chris Claremont writes himself in. Um, but instead of just being in a side with like, hey folks, I'm Chris Claremont. It's like, he's, he's there in it. And he gets like captured by the villain along with Man Thing and a bunch of the other supporting characters. And, uh, so Man Thing, uh, goes back it's like they're able to revert him to like being ted salas but he becomes man he becomes man no thing um chris claremont turns into man thing instead um the real man, Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont, Chris Claremont is like, I just wanted to write this comic so my family would know where I was. I please, I needed somebody to understand what happened to me. I turned into man thing. Um, yeah, Chris Claremont turns into man thing briefly, and then um, eventually, during like he beats the bad guy as man thing, and then um. Doctor Strange, uh, turns Chris Claremont back into himself and Ted Salas back into Man-Thing, um, because Doctor Strange had also been showing up during Chris Claremont's run, because he'd also been writing Doctor Strange at the same time. Um, (laughs) Doctor Strange Strange is like, Chris, come on. (laughs) Come on, buddy. So Doctor Strange turns Chris Claremont back into Chris Claremont, and then Chris Claremont explains to the audience, 
that um, this fucked him up so bad that he doesn't want to write Man-Thing anymore. So actually, he asked Marvel to cancel the series because he didn't want to write it. Okay, that is very funny. <laughs> it's objectively very funny. Um, I think all canceled comic books should include the writer having a traumatic experience in the pages of the comic book and then being like, that was so fucked up, I can't do this anymore, you guys. That was crazy. God, could you imagine? Um, I am imagining. Thank you, Chris Claremont, for this good. gift. <laughs> Um, my comic was cancelled not because it was bad, but because I got transported into the pages of the comic, and now I'm scared. Now I'm scared. I'm so scared of the man thing. Um, everything I write becomes real. (laughs) Um, I forgot to mention, but during, um, Steve Gerber's run, another character who was introduced in Man-Thing... Is Howard the Duck? Are you kidding me? No, I'm I'm being for real. It has like um because it's like oh because the swamp is a nexus of realities and like Howard the Duck gets uh displaced from his own reality because of like weird stuff going on in uh in the nexus and then I think he gets like a uh a backup feature in, like, a later Man-Thing comic. So him and and Man-Thing go on, like, multiple adventures together um, before Hour the Duck ends up uh, sort of turning into, like, more of his own thing. Um, It's, it's, it's wild. I love that for him. I do love that for him, for sure, absolutely. Um... Anyways, so, yeah, uh, like, obviously, as, like, time goes on and, like, more kind of, you know, mystical elements get introduced, there's, like, a lot more, um, you know, fighting, like, big, like, demons and, like, evil spellcasters and stuff, and it also, I think, like, you kind of have to rely a lot on having other characters there when the protagonist of your comic, like... Uh, like, does not use language and, like, seemingly does not, like, think on, like, a human level. Um, so it's like, you can't have internal narration. Um, thank you for this diagram that I just saw on Discord. Um. (laughs) You're welcome. I needed to make it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like... You you can't have internal narration. You can't have dialogue. Like most of the time, man thing isn't like consciously, uh, being like, oh that like that guy's being evil. I need to stop him. So much as he's like, uh, the vibes, disintegration beam. Um, so it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit of a weird protagonist to have. Um. But I I do like it, is the thing. Um, I did... I like... Sorry, I did see um, that in, like, 2017, R.L. Stein wrote a Man-Thing miniseries that's like... Yes! After so many years of somber silence, Man-Thing has found his voice and taken Hollywood by storm. And I'm like, 
What does that mean, Mr. Stein? <laughs> I believe it was, it's like somehow he gets, um, he gains the ability to speak and he like speaks in like a like, like an extra dimensional, dimensional, like universal language, um, that like people can, you know, that like everybody can understand. Um, I'm very curious about what else is going on in this. I think this was, like, R.L. Stein's like, first comic that he wrote. Um, so I am curious. But yeah, so he, when he intersects with other sections of Marvel, it's usually the kind of, uh, you know, magical, occult stuff. Um, and then also the overlap of that with, like, kind of, uh, monster stuff, like the, you know, Morbius, uh, Werewolf by Night, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I think, like, Ghost Rider, maybe, at some point. Um, and also sort of the kind of, the weirdo stuff, um, as, as, you know, exemplified by his connection to Howard the Duck. Like, just kind of, like, weird characters. Um... But I, I mean, I, like, I do, I do like the concept. Like, one, I think there is, like, inherent pathos in, you know, you used to be a guy and you got turned into a monster and you have, like, no memory of, like, who or what you used to be or, like, what it means to be human. Like, that's pretty sad. There's some, like, you know, some interesting stuff there. Um, and then also, I think... I think empath monster is kind of fun. Monster who hates your vibes. Um. <laughs> Me and Manthing saw you from across the bar and we hate your vibe. <laughs> we hate your vibes. Disintegrate. Um, yeah. So, like, there, there is a lot to like. I think it's just also kind of tempered by the fact that, as mentioned... It's hard to have a comic with Man Thing as the protagonist. Sorry, I um, found I found some. So uh, you, I found I found some stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Apparently, from um, R.L. Stein's Man Thing. Yes, I don't like it. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> this seems on brand for R.L. Stein. Yeah, but I don't, like, turns a zombie into ash, thinks to himself, you're never too old to make ash, to make an ash of yourself. I don't, <laughs> why, why is this gladiator man saying here's a $200 Bitcoin? I don't, I don't get it, and I don't like it. Oh boy, there is a, a lot, a lot to unpack here. Like. I mean, to be fair, I have never, I was never, um, I was never a Goosebumps kid. <laughs> so, I, it might be very R.L. Stein, but, like, I don't, I don't like this. It, um, I don't like <laughs> Man-Thing saying major fail. I don't, no, I don't, I don't think he should. Um, and as, as this tweet is saying, like, Man Thing is primarily a horror character, um, as opposed to to 
Swamp Thing, who has, like, tends to incorporate, like, horror elements, but isn't, like, quite leaning so hard in that direction. Man-Thing is pretty much, like, most, pretty much mostly horror. Um, so this is a weird vibe. I will say, real quick, um, I never read Goosebumps as a kid, because literally I was too much of a baby, and there was the one Goosebumps cover that had a scary, like, ventriloquist dummy on it that literally (laughs) scared me so bad that when I was in Barnes & Noble, I had to have my mom go down that aisle ahead of me to make sure that that cover wasn't out where I could see it. (laughs) That's that's very funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's how how much of a baby I was. Yeah, Um, I, I, as a child, I read, like, scary stories to tell in the dark and then had so many nightmares that I was like, well, horror's just not for me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's important to figure that out. (laughs) I was like, you know what? Never mind. Never mind on this one. I'll stick with my fantasy novels, thanks. Tamara Pierce (laughs) never steered me wrong. I'm gonna go read some warrior cats. It's fine. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, um, that's all I had to say about Man-Thing. Um, did you read any comics, uh, this week? I didn't. I have been very tired. (laughs) I'm mad about it, because it's like, oh yeah, we're getting into slow season, so I get off of work earlier. I get off of work, and I'm like, wow, the other night, I got home from work, I put on pajamas, and I fell asleep until dinner. (laughs) You're... So valid. Um, I read, um, um, I read, oh, I read the new issue of, um, Batman written by Chip Zdarsky, um, that had a, uh, had, had, had some, had some Bruce and Tim stuff, um, that made me, uh, genuinely quite emotional. (laughs) Um, my horrible burden. Um, I also, I got, um, from the library, um, I did request, uh, the new, the first trade of the, the new cable, the Krakoa era cable, where he's a a teen, um, because I liked teen cable so much in X of Swords, so I'm, I guess I'm gonna read about teen cable. Um, also... Uh, this past weekend was, uh, D23, which is Disney's kind of, like, uh, big sort of expo where they, uh, announce a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and in their Marvel segment, um, we got, uh, there was some news. They released the lineup for Thunderbolts, which I think it's going to be a movie. It might be a series. I think it's a movie. Um, I honestly did not pay much attention. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, Bucky's in it. I saw that. Bucky, I saw that. Uh, Bucky's there. Uh, Yelena is there. Bucky and Yelena. Um, um, and Taskmaster. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, David Harbour, whose name I forget. Is Is that Ghost? Ghost is there. Um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is there. <laughs> um, Just as herself. As herself. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> weird choice. 
Um, and, uh, U.S. agent. So I'm assuming just a massive part of this is going to be how much Bucky and U.S. agent hate each other. Um. I, it, it was good to see Bucky. I didn't watch any of the trailers. Um. I did, I did watch the, um. I actually haven't seen the Secret Invasion trailer yet, because I saw, I was like, oh, they released a Secret Invasion trailer, and then I was like, I probably know generally what this is gonna be like, so I haven't watched it yet. Um, but I did watch the Werewolf by Night thing, because I was so curious, um, and it's like a standalone special that they're releasing as like a Halloween special this year. Um, so, like, this month, maybe, um, unless I misinterpreted that, um, and the trailer was sort of cool, because it's, like, it's all in, uh, black and white, in, like, this very kind of, like, old, like, old Hollywood, like, horror movie kind of way, um, so if it is like that, I might be interested, um... But maybe that's just how they cut uh, the trailer, and the rest of it is going to be more standard. But that's uh, part of the reason Sam suggested uh, Man-Thing, is that apparently uh, Man-Thing does make an appearance in the trailer, and will be in the Werewolf by Night special. Um, and I, I, am, I am intrigued. Um, unfortunately, my terrible burden. Um, <laughs> but I... I think, uh, I think that's it. Anyways, if you want to, uh, keep up with us and what's going on and when we release episodes, you can find us online. Just find us at Capes and Japes on Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, we have a, uh, Patreon, if you want to support us on there. Um, oh, we al- we also have a Discord server um, that, you know, all, all people are welcome to join. It's not like a, a Patreon-exclusive thing. You can come and talk about uh, comics and talk about things that aren't comics, talk about what you're doing, love to talk to you. Um, we have a Patreon if you want to support us on there. If you uh, can't do that, leaving a rating and review is also very cool. Um, Telling a friend about the show if you think they might want to hear it. And uh, just coming back and joining us, as you have done once again. So thank you for being with us today on Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, kiss me sexy Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman. Uh.